Hello and welcome to the voice tracking edition of the Medieval Podcast. Right up top, it's not going to let me, my body is not going to cooperate today. Uh, Medieval Podcast. Hi, that's what this is. Today is March the 31st, 2021. 2021 is how you say that word. Um, this is podcast, if you don't know what it is, about movies, video games, video game, wait, Movies, television, video games, and music. This is going to be a disaster. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. This is episode 273 of the Media Boat Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. As Matt said, if you don't know what we are, we cover movies, TV, music, and video games in that order. (laughs) Uh, Matt, we're going to get through this together, okay? We've done 273 of these plus... We can do one more. Audi- audience to explain. I feel like garbage right now, and I'm trying to do it regardless, and so we'll see if I can power through. Uh, all right, let's start with what we always start with, which is the movies, and we start movies with this week week in the box office. Not a whole lot of movement there. Your uh, premiere movie this week, Nobody, was your number one at $6.8 million, which I yep. guess that means that Disney has to pull all those ads that we're calling Raya the number one movie for the last four weeks. Well, they changed <laughs> it to the number one family movie now. Yeah, there, there you go. That's, that's the move. That is the also, move. nobody is talking about nobody. That's true. Was that the ad that say the film that nobody is talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Sounds interesting as a premise. I mean, I want to see Bob Odenkirk beat people up. That sounds fun. Um, Bob Odenkirk is Liam Neeson. <laughs> in nobody. In White House Down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming in at number two is Raya, right underneath $3.7 million. That's sitting at a $28.6 million domestic total. Number three, Tom and Jerry, still here, $2.5 million. That's sitting at $37 million domestic. Chaos Walking is at number four with $1.2 million. That's $11.5 million domestic. And The Courier rounds out your top five with clean $1 million, putting that thing at 3.4. Yeah, that, we, uh, number five hit $1 million, so a full box office slate for you. But, of course, we know what your number one is going to be next week. It's a no-brainer. It's the movie that comes out today, also on HBO Max. Also something that I think you've watched already somehow because you have so much time. I don't know how you have yes. so much time. All the time in the I world. I want some no, of that time. No time to die twice. <laughs> you shave off some of that time and give it to me. I, I could use it. I could use that time. Um, Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, of course, King Kong. That is well, what everybody we can talk about right now. We'll talk about that movie in just a moment. But first, let's get through these news stories. Just a couple quick bits and some movie news, shall we? Two quick hits. First up, Eddie Murphy. Yes. The one and only, the dude who supposedly saved SNL in the 80s. The guy who now does a movie every couple years because he can afford to. That Eddie Murphy. Well, he's been a dad or uncle's favorite comedian. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly, yes. Uh, if yeah, I feel like the generation, the the like the like a specific generation, yes, one hundred percent, your uncle's favorite comedian, uh, has been inducted into the 
NAACP Image Awards Hall of Fame. He was presented the award by his longtime friend and co-star, Arsenio Hall. I'm doing the Arsenio Hall thing for people who can't see. Quote, I've been making movies for 40 years now. 40 years. This is the perfect thing to commemorate that and be brought into the Hall of Fame, said Murphy while receiving the award. The Hall of Fame induction is bestowed on an individual who is viewed as a pioneer in their respective field and whose influence shaped the, quote, profession for generations to come, unquote. Previous inductees in this NAACP Image Awards Hall of Fame include Oprah, Stevie Wonder, Spike Lee, Ray Charles, and Sidney Poitier. Poitier. Hit that T. Congratulations to Eddie Murphy. Well-deserved. Yeah, Long. Yeah. Illustrious career considered by most to be one of the great comedians of our time. Yeah. Norbit aside, he's done some good work. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say Meek Dave aside. Oh, yeah, Meek Dave. There's some stinkers is what I'm saying. There's some stinkers in there. Back in the days where he was doing a one for them, one for me kind the, of the picture deal. The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Oh, boy, sheesh. Okay, stop before we want to take this award back from him. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Second story here is about, uh, you know, that song. And I said, what about Breakfast at Tiffany's? And she said, Well, no. I remember the film. And as yeah. I recall, yeah, I think we both kind of liked it. So, hey, we got that. That's the one thing we got. <laughs> That's the one thing we got. Da, no, da, I'm not da, talking da, about da, the song. Da, 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 I'm talking about the famous movie based on the famous Truman Capote novel. As Paramount begins a remake of the famous film, a lawsuit has been brought by Truman Capote's heir against the adaptation rights based on that remake screenplay. The $20 million claim started out to determine whether reboot and sequel rights had reverted to the Capote estate or stayed with Paramount. While Paramount intends to do a remake on their own, the Capote estate has its eyes on a TV series instead, and has gotten numerous vids from streaming services, they say. So, an interesting fight here. I guess yes. where, wherever the rights fall will determine where what we, where we see a version of the story. Oh, and as you mentioned, this is based on a book by mm -hmm. Truman Capote, and so the Capote estate has the rights to the novel for any adaptation as they would see fit. The question then becomes, if Paramount, who I would presume owns the screenplay rights, if they make a remake from that exact same screenplay, would that consider violation of those terms and conditions? I don't know. That's the question. I think they're- Or if it's been so long that you would assume they just automatically revert back to the estate. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is when the lawyers get involved because I don't know. One who's asking for a remake of Tiff Breakfast at Tiffany's? <laughs> Someone. And two, 20 million is nothing to sneeze at. That Paramount is because that's Oscar bait if I ever saw it. Oh, yeah. Breakfast at Tiffany's remake? Yeah, like that's easy. That's easy. Um, so, yeah, if you're Paramount, that probably is pretty lucrative. But hey. You know, they we'll probably saw the out. A Star is Born remake mm -hmm. and how well that did in Oscar Baitness. I wonder if that's what started this ball rolling. 
Um, but yeah, it's always I guess, what starts these balls rolling. Yes, downhills. All right. Yep. Open up the vault. See what we got. Speaking, Speaking of, of opening the vault. Opening things and seeing what they got. You opened up HBO Max and saw what they got. And what they got starting today for all HBO Max subscribers is the match of the century. You have Giant Lizard versus Giant Ape facing each other for the first... Well, wait. Uh, what's that? Second. I'm being told that this is actually... Third a remake technically Ford. because this is there has already been a film about godzilla uh versus king kong okay uh well how many uh, times have they that, fought now five, five times four times uh, with that new information <laughs> <laughs> all right the 2021 round of godzilla versus kong i keep getting reversed i keep calling it kong versus godzilla you would be uh, remiss if you made that yeah mistake while watching the film itself yeah i i don't want to uh, take the lizard's top billing away from him. I mean, it's all he has. Um, all right. You watch this thing somehow. Because HBO Max, and I can wake up early and it was there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you watched it, and, I don't know, what'd you think about it? How, where did you land on, well, first of all, who wins? No, actually, don't tell me. Uh, that's spoilers. Um, because no matter who wins, we lose. So tell me about it. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, so I watched the big titans of Godzilla and Kong on my small, small screen at home. <laughs> Seems like a waste. Yes, but because apparently this film needed to get out by the end of this fiscal year, March 31st, uh-huh. it had to be released now, even though in theaters it'll be released on Friday or Thursday night screenings. Okay. Why I can talk about it now because I already watched it thanks to HBO Max, not sponsored. <laughs> I wish. So, um, this is a sequel to Kong Skull Island, more so than it is a sequel to Godzilla King of the Monsters. Mm-hmm. Although, you could probably make a really good case that it's a sequel to Both. Godzilla King of the Monsters more than it is Kong Skull Island. I'm confused now. So it's a sequel to both of those films. Let's just let's just say that. Yes, and the reason I made the comment of why Godzilla gets top billing because that's all he has <sighs> is because you follow the story mainly through Kong and the interaction of the humans in that universe with Kong as they fight against Godzilla. Okay. It's unsure why they're fighting besides them just being two massive titans in this universe and just, we are big titans. We must fight each other. I was under the impression that it is some sort of innate natural desire because of, I guess they were both ancient ass monsters that go back way back and that if they see each other, they get territorial. That's my understanding. The understanding is that it draws from the inspiration from Godzilla, King of the Monsters, where the Titans, Mm -hmm. Titans, monsters... I remember them. ...who arise onto Earth's surface will be fought one by one by Godzilla. Okay. Because he claims territory on Earth. 
And as has so, been established in the Godzilla films, right? This is always yes, like, that if there's like big monster, I must go fight big yeah, monster. Exactly. Oh, Mothra showed up. I got eat Mothra again. Oh, uh, there's Ghidorah a robot version up, of me. I gotta go fight Ghidorah now. Yeah. Oh, this guy with the big knife on his head. I guess I gotta beat that dude. So they're saying uh, that's a uh, that's not Godzilla. Okay. Is that not Godzilla? Is that no, a camera guy, dude? No. That, that's a uh, Pacific Rim. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, so they're basically just saying, hey, King Kong is a kaiju. Yeah, more than not. <laughs> He's considered an apex predator. Uh-huh. I would say that, that, yep, I would look at that. If I saw a giant monkey, I would be like, yep, uh huh, that, that there is an apex predator. Yeah, nothing over him. Does that leave humans, right? But no, so no. They no, decide, so humans want to get involved in this match. And so, a company and not so subtly called Apex hmm. decides it wants to show these titans who the real titan the is boss. on Earth, who the real boss is. Yeah. And so it's this real interesting dynamic where you have essentially nature in Kong versus man in Godzilla. Or in uh, King Kong? Mm-hmm. Wait, did I mix that up Wait, already? You said Kong and King Kong. Wait, so you mean I think it's nature? It's nature, nature. in Godzilla. Okay. Versus man in Kong versus machine and so, technology. Wait, why is Kong representative of man? Uh, because is, brute strength. Because man evolved from ape. Essentially, yes. Okay, that's a stretch. I might be reading too deep into this. I think you might be reading too deep into this. But that's <laughs> essentially the <laughs> underlying message that I got out of it. Okay. Because if you just read it on a surface level, it's a pretty bad movie. Really? I had fun watching it, but at the same yes. time, the humans did not need to be there. They I have guess... served no purpose other than to cause more chaos. The question I will ask then. So, okay, well, actually, before I ask that question, the humans, the hubris of man part of this script actually seems kind of an interesting ad to me. Because if you just had the movie just about, oh, these guys are fighting, then wouldn't you feel even more empty after you were done? So the fact that they actually attempted an aliens-esque, like, oh, but they're also going to try... To see if they can they can also battle it and they're gonna fail massively and you know that they're gonna fail massively a little starship troopersy maybe yeah. and so like i would think that that would make an interesting wrinkle into this movie um so it's less i don't think yes but unlike... as machine as more about man's hubris versus ancient like ancient forces that are beyond their understanding but unlike Pacific Rim, where they purposely built giant robots to take <laughs> on giant monsters, yeah, this one was built in secrecy, underground, 33 levels underground. And it wants you to know how big it is and how <laughs> secret it is. And yet, everyone can keep the secret. I mean... And yet... Uh, it When yeah. it arises, there's a lot of damage and kind of have the same argument that people were giving with uh, Man of Steel where destruction of city lives at stake mm-hmm. where 
when does the destruction end and what happens now? But unlike Man of Steel, though, the story is about man's creation wreaking havoc on man as opposed to an alien force wreaking hate, like arguably, you know, wreaking havoc on man, right? So it's a slightly different moral there. I think in this way, I could see it working better uh, because they should have known better is kind of how I'm thinking, right? Like the onus is still on man to not screw it up. And it seems actually kind of realistic to me that they totally do. Oh, no, it seems realistic that they would. But then again, they're also messing with nature beyond their comprehension and trying to right. create this thing. Yeah. Um, so, And still, um, it goes back to that Godzilla being the antagonist of everything that, oh, I sense new apex predator. I must go fight. Yeah. And that's basically all Godzilla does is I got to jump yeah. from one fight to the next. Well, what do you expect him to do? Do you expect him to sit down at a cafe and talk to a character? No, he's Godzilla. What do you expect for him to do? He's going to kill stuff. He's Godzilla. I, I guess I'm that, struggling that, That's with... why I'm saying that this film isn't told <laughs> through the lens of Godzilla. It's yeah. through, through, told through the lens of Kong. I guess what I'm struggling with here is... I, what did you expect this thing to be? What were you wanting that this movie did not give you? Uh, no, it gave me exactly what I wanted. Big monsters fighting big monsters. Uh-huh. I can't really ask for more than that. That's kind of what I'm getting at. So it's interesting that you're kind of down on it. I mean, there's also like, spoiler alert, no real winner because there can't be a real winner. Both these yeah. franchises need to continue. Much in the same vein that there's no real winner between Batman v Superman. Yeah, well, that makes sense. But unlike Alien versus Predator, there is a definite winner that you're rooting for there. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, well, okay. So it was a popcorn film that you're coming for for the fights, and pretty much that's it. So it's a check brain at the door experience, is what it's Definitely check like. brain at the door. Okay. For, uh, I can see this being the theatrical experience that it needs to be. Yeah. I did watch it at home, unfortunately. Uh, I think friend of the show, Chris, has tickets to see it. Of course, I'm not of course surprised. He does. Uh, roommate surprised. of the show also is going to see it in a real-life theater, but he is fully vaccinated, so I am okay with that. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm going to watch it on 4K television, so I'm still going to get a pretty good uh, this thing. You'll definitely get a kick out of it because there's a lot of good neon colors in this. The palette is pretty Ooh. good. Looking forward to the HDR. Yeah, the HDR is going to run really good on this. Yeah, I'll uh, turn the lights off for this one. It runs very smooth too. I could, couldn't find any hiccups. The <laughs> animation there is pretty on point. Now it sounds like you're reviewing a video game, so it is feel like a video game <laughs> at some points. <laughs> I would play that game. Actually, I did play that game. It didn't have King Kong in it, but remember? Do you remember the? Um, that there was a Godzilla game that was for like around the GameCube PS2 era that was a fighting game. Do you remember that? No. Okay. But hey. if you played, uh, I guess it was Rampage or King of the Monsters. Hey, Rampage, that's another movie Rampage. that came out with Rampage. giant monsters fighting each other. Yeah, we all like to forget Rampage exists. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I think that GameCube game was called uh, Godzilla Destroy All Monsters. Uh, we had that one. We played it a lot. 
anyways okay well i'll uh, i'll check it out and i'll get my um my take on it in the coming week uh but uh for now where do you place it on the uh patented media boat scale uh stream it from home while you got it okay I, i'm no rush to go to the theaters for this thing it's not okay. like an i'm i mean it might be an imax experience but it might be fun but you're saying it's not essential yeah it's not essential if you don't have to go to the movie theater don't rush out to see Godzilla vs. Kong. Yes, don't rush out to movie theaters, people, unless you are safely doing so. All right, it is time to move on to television, then. I didn't watch any movies. Oh. Uh. There's no new movies this week, <laughs> besides that one. And with television, we always start with the sports corner. Sports is happening. It's popping everywhere. First up. The U.S. men's soccer team, unfortunately, has failed to qualify for this year's Olympics. Regardless yes, if of you were, they take place. If you were around Twitter, you would have seen that people were talking about the U.S. soccer team failing to qualify, to which everyone had to immediately point out, because if it wasn't that obvious, qualify it with the men's team, because yes, the women yes. are automatically invited since they are the reigning champs. Yep, uh, and obviously, even if they weren't, they'd probably still be invited. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, this is all with the giant asterisk about if the Olympics take place. Um, though, as the coming, as the weeks kind of go, and more and more vaccines get out there, it could happen. Now, I'm a little bit more positive about it than I was, I think, at the beginning of the year. You might be more positive as we get to some of these other stories here. Yeah, I think that where where we're at with. Um, with the vaccinations in December and January made it look very bleak, uh, but things are happening. Things are cooking. It's not perfect yet, but things are cooking. So I feel a little better about it. Right, but that's just the U.S. you're probably thinking about. There's a whole world right. yet to yeah. get vaccinated. So it's all it's all relative. It's all dependent on what they decide over in Japan, but we will see about that. All right. Next up in sports. March Madness. Mad. You know, get angry, get mad. mad. It's March. Well, it's the March end of March It keeps rolling on with the men's teams. Number one seed Baylor and Gonzaga. 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 We'll meet number two seeds Houston and number 11 UCLA in the final four. UCLA being the big surprise. I saw some people talking about on Twitter just having their brackets wrecked because of UCLA. Hey, Aggie UCLA going to the Sweet 16. Okay, all right. But ultimately losing. Yeah, but you didn't, dream, you didn't dream big enough, is what apparently <laughs> is, is what they're telling you. No, but uh, three Pac-12 teams made it to the lead eight. UCLA was the only one to make it through. Yeah. So our hometown hometown boys made it, made it all the way up almost to the top here. So it's only a matter of time. A few more games left uh, to see that uh, shining moment. I think a total of three games left. One, one, and then the big one. So yeah, three yeah. games left before we get that one shining moment. Yes, well, we're very close. Meanwhile, the women's teams are also getting their shining moment very soon. Number one seeds South Carolina, Stanford, and Connecticut will meet number three seed Arizona in the final four for them. So not a whole lot of big shockers as your number one seats make it all the way to the final four. Yeah. 
A uh, quick note for that Gonzaga um, for the men's team, mm-hmm. still undefeated. They are on pace yeah. two games away from having the perfect season for men's basketball. Nice. Hasn't happened since uh, 76, I think. Wow, so it's been quite a while. Uh, I mean, get, get, put in the factor that it's a shortened season, they can only play so many teams during the year and not yeah. so many tournaments. Yeah, but that's for the stat books. For the hearts and minds, it still matters. Yes. (laughs) All right. Speaking of hearts and minds, hearts and minds will be watching baseball. Some of them, because uh, uh, opening day is tomorrow. And some of them will be watching. That's not a joke. It's tomorrow. And some of them will be watching them in person, as a lot of, as we mentioned last week, uh, stadiums are having full or approximately or slightly less uh, full stadium capacity. We mentioned Texas specifically are opening up the floodgates for everybody. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch from my home. I'm a little less excited to see uh, these events as possible spreader events. <laughs> but oh, yes, we'll but as you might be watching from home, you might be watching it not on a regular channel. We'll get to that because you skipped a story. I did. That was supposed to be our lead-in, but you skipped a story. Well, I didn't skip nothing because this is underneath the sports bits because the next bit... No, you did skip one. Did I? The NFL. Oh. Okay, well, also, see also, football. Uh, They're also (laughs) meeting results... uh, Wait. Oh, they had a meeting and it has resulted in a 17 game regular season with full stadium capacity. So fans will be watching those games as well in person for better. Full season for the upcoming 2021 season. Also, a 17 game, 18 week regular season. The first time it has gone over a 16 game regular season since 1968. Long time. Yes. But this also means no team can end in an eight and eight record anymore. <laughs> Thus ending the Jeff Fisher era. Forever <laughs> <laughs> well, eight and eight. You know what? He'll find a way. He'll get a time. Yep. He, now he <laughs> just has to go eight, eight, and one. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, 17 regular season games, official new schedule for the NFL. Exciting stuff. Not as exciting is old media boat favorites, the Sinclair Group, as we kind of move into our first proper story, which is also sports-related. So, yeah, baseball starts tomorrow. It does. What channel will you be watching it on? Well, Fox, but wait, I just... Uh, wait, okay, I'm hearing something in my ear again. I like this bit. Um, breaking news bit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of my favorites. Uh, somebody is telling me that apparently it's not called Fox Sports West anymore. In fact, Fox Sports isn't a thing anymore because beginning today, today, calendar day, March 31st, Fox Sports Regional Sports Networks Networks will be getting a rebranding to Valley Sports. Yes, Bally Sports. The Bally Sports rebranding comes as sports betting becomes legal in 25 states. 
As states allow, the deal could provide fans with the opportunity to watch their favorite team and bet on it, like those horse racing channels, without changing the channel or using a second screen. This comes on the heels of a joint venture last year between Major League Baseball and the MGM Casinos. Under the deal, Bally's will provide, quote, unrivaled sports gamification content on a national scale, unquote, on the 21 regional sports networks formerly owned by Fox and on the 190 TV stations across 88 markets. The Bally's naming rights deal is worth $85 million over a 10-year period. A um, couple notes about this. First up, uh, I've skipped this, so I'm going to go back and say it. The first changes to this Fox Sports brand in 35 years, by the way, so it's been Fox Sports forever. Uh, that's 35 years for the Southern California Fox Sports. I've seen 20 years or 25 years in places like Atlanta and uh-huh. Tennessee and Chicago area when they have also reported on their changing of names from Fox Sports yeah. regional to Bally Sports. The other side of this is, man, has the Bally name been all sorts of places over its, its existence, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. I did not realize that the current incarnation of Bally is mostly known for sports betting. Uh, the Bally's Casino in Vegas, uh, Bally's, the company has 18 properties in 10 states, or 18 casinos in 10 states that allow sports betting and gambling in general. Should be noted that here in California, where we are located, there is no sports betting allowed. No. That being said, last year in Dodger Stadium, because MLB made and MGM casinos made that deal, which we talked about, Mm -hmm. to allow uh, sports betting for MLB, the Dodgers... Um, last year changed one of their, a bunch of their suites into a quote gaming lounge (laughs) to potentially be transformed into a sports betting lounge that you can bet at on the game that you're physically at, maybe not at the game, you're like the game you're physically at, but bet on games while you're at the game. So, yeah. Uh, but that would follow California law, which we've mm-hmm. talked about, to allow sports betting in California. So, yeah, it's it's been a long, strange trip for the Fox News regional sports channels. But uh, here we are. And, yeah, this is going to be a weird transition, especially if they get all this betting stuff off the ground. But I guess we should have seen this coming when they made that partnership deal. Um, yeah, this partnership was announced in November of last year, finalized in January, and now it's all taking effect. The thing that they can't take, at least I haven't seen yet, them take over, is all the audio and graphics. Mm-hmm. They had to create over 28,000 different graphics for players yeah. and Sporting it events and fully uh, a rebranding, yeah. Complete they had rebranding. It's the Fox stuff. So yes, as I was watching uh, our local Angels broadcast for the post game show, yeah. At the very very end, I was watching specifically for this part. Yeah. They made the mention that they were making the the switch from it, 
And so they're pointing to like all their, like the flags on their microphones, the, <laughs> the stands that they're on. Yeah. The branding everywhere that said Fox Sports, Fox Sports West has to be gone and completely changed literally overnight. Because today, well, technically tomorrow is opening day. The official change is today. So they get one dry run today for any still um, exhibition games, preseason games. But then it's it's officially all Bally Sport in all of those regional networks. Yeah, so uh, we'll check it out. I'm going to be watching this uh, opening day uh, tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, well, well fingers We'll see how things work out for it. Uh, it is Bally's red now, so yeah. don't look for the Fox Sports cool blue logos. <laughs> yeah. Also, a uh, quick note for people down here in the Southern California area, big name change, not so much name change for West. It will be Bally Sports West, but Prime Ticket is now going to be called Bally Sports SoCal. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a little hard to find if you don't know what you're looking for. So just a heads up. Um, my TV guide did not make that update. I did the day forward for a couple of days, and still yeah. said Fox Sports. It probably Plus. won't until probably won't until today. I haven't Spectrum checked today. Spectrum takes it but... down. Yeah, so we'll see if AT and T changes it by tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Real quick note: I kept wanting, I kept thinking about this. Is like the only thing I associate the name Bally's with, and it's maybe showing my age a little bit. The fitness. No, I didn't even think about Bally Total Fitness, but you're right. No, I was thinking about what, way back when they were a arcade game and pinball distributor. <laughs> they used to work with Midway for distributing their games. Like you could see a lot of Bally Midway tables, pinball tables of Bally Midway arcade games. It's really showing your age there. Look it up. Anyway. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, you watch. Right. Oh, wait, no. Before we talk about thoughts, there's one more story to talk about. A hey, fun story. Do you like getting high? Hey, do you know what month it is? Yeah. Next month? <laughs> hey, do you like food? Yes, I do. You know I like food. What kind well, of question what about, is that? What if I told you that Food Network, specifically on the Discovery Plus streaming service, is going to give you a show that combines two of your favorite things? Food and getting high? Yeah. You know, it might actually get me to sign up for Discovery Plus. <laughs> Well, here's what it is. Food Network will be launching a spinoff series called Chopped 420, in which four four chefs battle it out through appetizer, main course, and dessert stages using surprise picnic baskets with an assortment of ingredients. And wait for it, cannabis. Oh, the 420. Yeah, that's where the 420 comes in. Comedian Ron Funches will host the competition with drag performer and cannabis activist Laganja Estranja. You, you said that right. First time hearing of them. And comedian Takara Williams judging the creations. The show will start streaming on Discovery Plus on April 20th. Hey, hey, see what they did there. And will mark the first time that chefs will use cannabis to enhance their dishes on a Food Network show. I changed that. The original text there reads on Food Network, but because this is not airing on Food Network proper, I'm going to yes. say on a Food Network branded program. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably more accurate. Yeah, if they put this on cable, I think you'd have the angry grandmas writing in. Contestants will vie for a $10,000 grand prize each episode. Do note that while cannabis is illegal under federal law, 
It is decriminalized in 16 states and legal for medical, medical purposes in 36 states. Side note, congratulations, New York, for passing a legal uh, weed today. So that might be 37 states now. <laughs> yeah, maybe by the time this was written. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is fascinating, but I don't think I'm going to sign up for Discovery Plus for it, but it sounds neat for people who are into this kind of thing. No, but this is also the kind of niche market that Discovery Plus needs to get people to yes. sign up. 100%, yes. And streaming service is where the stoners are, so. Right, and if you're not... following Ron Funches, <laughs> as you probably should be. Yes, oh no, he's great. Um, recently, well, not only does he occasionally guest on Giant Bomb's podcasts, I don't know if you know that. Um, <laughs> he's a friend of the show, weirdly enough. Um, he's a friend to everybody. He's really a friend to everybody. Uh, he also was the voice of um, a King Shark on that uh, that uh, Harley Quinn show on HBO Max. That doesn't add up, but okay. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling you, you got to watch that show. All right. Maybe, maybe I'll show. watch it because I'm running just out of to stuff see to watch Ron on Punch's HBO. King Shark. Just, just trust me on that. Anyways. I, hey, did I steer you wrong with Ted Lasso? No. The no. answer is no. No, because I came our one of our favorite shows, and mm -hmm. if the SAG Awards will have anything to say about it, maybe a good ensemble. Uh, <laughs> which, note, I think yeah. SAG is this weekend. Yeah, I think so. So we'll see. What ain't sagging, though, is our television thoughts. You just keep watch on, with watching television every week. Never stop. You never stop, never stopping. Talk about some of the programs that you watched this week. So, depending on how good or bad your memory is, one of these two HBO documentary specials may be up your alley. Okay. I'm going to combine them because they cover the exact same thing, just two different ways. <laughs> one is The Day Sports Stood Still, and the other one is The Last Cruise. Okay. Take a guess at yeah. what these cover. Real quick, before you continue, I have seen these on HBO Max, and I don't know what they are. I have know nothing about them. But judging by their titles alone, I'm going to take stabs on what I think these are about. Stab away. The day sports stood still is about the last day, or is about when like they called basketball off in uh, March of last year. And, um, yes, March 11th of last year. Yeah, and how it had ripple effects to the rest of the leagues. Which we covered live, apparently. Yeah. Okay, and then the last cruise is about that cruise ship that was still cruising by the time they found out, found out about coronavirus and, and about the people who had to, I guess, get off of that ship eventually. Yes, the Princess Diamond cruise ship. Yeah. Okay. You are absolutely correct. <laughs> so and you... like I said... We're only a year past both of those uh, time points. So if you have so, a memory of a goldfish, yeah, these are documentaries for you. I mean, I don't, but <laughs> I mean, we also covered this extensively. Yeah, we did. And so to watch these, it's like, why is this being out now Yeah, instead of later? But it's also strike while the iron is hot. It's when those two ideals yeah. kind of clash against each other. Yeah. So the day sports stood still follows not necessarily all sports. I mean, it does, but because Chris Paul, yes, that Chris Paul from the State Farm ads, 
um, was kind of in the center of everything, uh-huh. more or less, um, besides being the uh, NBA player's president, but also because his game um, was specifically the one that was canceled. And then his game was also specifically the one that was canceled from the bubble when the uh, Black Lives Matter movement took took hold. Mm-hmm. That it's told from mainly his perspective, but also other athletes' perspective of color throughout different sports and how not only did the coronavirus affect them, but also how did the summer of 2020 affect them as well and in speaking out and speaking to their kids about what's going on in the world. It's more of a documentary than The Last Cruise Ship because they have these athletes sit down and present in a documentary fashion as they look back on their life. Like I said, we covered a lot of this on a week-by-week basis, so a lot of it was not new information. And because these are athletes in the public spotlight, a lot of it wasn't groundbreaking in any shape or form. But I suppose if you're more of a casual watcher of sports, and if you're curious at all about the the behind-the-scenes machinations of the decisions that were made, this might be an educational watch. Yeah, but... It's not for the incredibly online, like us. Yes. (laughs) However, The Last Cruise takes kind of the avant-garde, guerrilla-style documentary approach where it gathers a lot of footage from passengers who were on that Princess Diamond cruise ship, not just passengers, but also the uh, crew, and cobbles together a rather quick 40-minute documentary of the long 33-day stay of those passengers and crew members aboard the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it was around the time of Chinese New Year, there was a lot of footage to garner from because people were documenting it from everywhere. And so it does give this really unique insight into what was essentially a quarantined ship. Yeah. I mean, you could call it a prisoner ship too because they weren't allowed to leave their staterooms. <laughs> yeah. So it's an interesting to look at that, but it's also subtly, and maybe not so subtly, I mean, be also reading too much into this, an interesting look on classism and how the, or we'll call them like the first class passengers and the basic passengers in general who were documenting this experience, mm-hmm. how they were treated and how they were um, going about this outbreak compared to that of the crew who if you've never been on a cruise ship or don't know if you're part of the crew for a cruise ship you're in some tight quarters and there's not a whole place to go and if one of you gets sick it's going to spread fast as we learned yeah of course all of this is hindsight 2020 we know now know what we're dealing with but when it's when you don't know what you're dealing with you try and go about your everyday life it's not it doesn't play good 
I mean, yeah. I mean, so, we all proved that back in March when we were all kind of flailing. So I can't imagine what what taking that general feeling and putting into a little microcosm event like that cruise ship. Right. And I bring up the class, the classism, because they were doc these passengers and crew were documenting like here's like we're still on the ship 20 days later here's our daily life now yeah. we've accepted this versus um that of the crew which is we still need to keep this ship running and they're putting us into harm's way yes. even though we kind of know this is not what we should probably be doing right kind of messed up but yeah, that's an interesting read. Uh, I think that a lot of people maybe didn't think about back when stories about this cruise were getting out. Um, and yeah, if this if this uh, documentary does a good job of portraying those differences and really hammers that point home, that might be good for a lot of people to see. Well, like I said, with uh, the Godzilla vs. Kong, I might be reading too much into it. No, I think in this case, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but it does get... It does a good job of getting the different perspectives between crew and passenger and their experience in a very guerrilla documentary, unwilling documentary style. Because people were just filming, not knowing essentially what was going to happen. So they just wanted to like capture their experience on the ship from hell, as it was being dubbed. Thanks. So yeah, but that's also that's a very quick watch, uh, forty minutes. I think the day sports still was an hour and a half, actual documentary length. Okay, not bad. Yep. Now for something completely different. Now for Disney. Yeah, not something ripped from the headlines, but instead a reboot of source of a millennial classic, you could say, something from our generation that we grew up with, and that would be. Da, 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 the Mighty Ducks quack. colon Game Changers. Quack. Nope. Quack. Nope. No? Nope. You, you can go quack to Mark and Blitz about that, but <laughs> so, okay. I ain't quacking. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I guess we should say podcasters note. This has nothing to do with the actual team, the Anaheim Ducks. This is the fictional Mighty Ducks. Yes. Um, which I can still root for. Yeah, that's unlike the uh, orange turds of Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> hey, I'm hockey agnostic. I don't have a horse in that race, or a duck in this case. But yes, uh, you are a staunch Kings fan. The podcaster should know that. Yes. Um, but this has nothing to do with real hockey. This is fake kids hockey. Yeah, fake hockey. Yeah. But in a semi-real scenario. Okay. Or at least more relatable scenario. So as we have grown up and eh, from the aughts on, the idea of having these having your kid be the best they can be. And the idea of club sports and competing at the highest level at an early age to instill a better route to success. And helicopter parents. Yes. Essentially. Yes. The, um, the, that's become yeah. more and more common uh, from the aughts on, I would say. Yeah, yeah. The, the culture of the very aggro mom at the soccer game that's yelling at the referee from the sidelines. Yeah. 
but also the parents who push their kids to succeed even yeah. at like a 10, 12 year old level. At all success. costs kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, the approach where it's like winning matters more than the kids' well-being, for example. Yep. So take that as an aspect and slap the hockey aspect of sports on it and give it a nice branding of Mighty Ducks. That's something that people can get behind and has nostalgia recognition. Okay. Throw in a couple scenes of Emilio Estevez and you've got Mighty Ducks Game Changers. (laughs) They found Emilio. There he was. He was just sitting there in the same office uh, looking at hockey data this whole time. We didn't even know. So that's actually one of my issues I have with this thing. (laughs) Too much Emilio Estevez? No. It's that Emilio Estevez, um, a.k.a. Gordon Bombay, in in the Mighty Ducks universe, before he takes on the kids, which he got because it was court-ordered that he has to do hockey, um, he was a high-profile lawyer before that. Um, People seem to completely forget that part (laughs) because when we meet up with him, 30 years later here, he's running a rundown ice rink that does not allow hockey. What? Hates hockey and he hates kids. <laughs> okay. Why? Not who explained yet. Say? Yeah, who can say? Why did he go back to being a lawyer? Doesn't say. <laughs> he's just this old curmudgeon now who doesn't want anything to do with hockey, but is being forced upon him by yeah, I'll call her media boat favorite. Heather Graham. Okay. Lauren Graham, not Heather Graham. I was going to say, Heather friends. Graham's a very different person. She's a very different Lauren person. Lauren Graham, yes. Yes. Of Gilmore Girls fame. Currently also on uh, Zoe's Infinite, Infinite Playlist. Playlist. Yes. Um, unlimited play- Infinite Playlist. Infinite. Infinite? Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Because <laughs> the Infinite Playlist is Nick and Nora. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they always have a hard time with that title. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Heather Graham is uh, the aforementioned hockey mom who puts a ragtag team together because kids should have fun, even though they're competing against other club hockey teams who are there to win. But it's about having fun for kids, right? Yeah. Yes. It should be about fun for right. kids. Yeah. So that is the basic premise of the show. It's only been one episode, but... It's the idea of nature versus nurture, the idea of fun versus hard work, and the overall spirit of Mighty Ducks, which was the underdog ragdag team put together to beat the elite club level with some minor class warfare in there. (laughs) Or was that Boundary? Banks was Boundary? I think it was divisional boundaries that was the, one of the main mm. reasons of the first Mighty Ducks movie. I see. Yeah, I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen that thing. Right. Well, because like the best player on the team was just like was living on the other side of the road, so he went to a different team. Right. 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 Than the than the powerhouse team that he wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. And several so kind of treated him like the rich kid, even though. He's technically supposed to be on their team. Uh, and 
yeah, we're not dealing with a D2 or D3 here, which goes on to yeah. the Junior Olympics and the uh, high school team. Yes, that was high school for D3 and not college, Ooh. like you may think. Uh, so are you going to stick with it? You think there's some potential here or? Yeah, it has some potential. Okay. I'll, I'll stick with it. Um, a lot of the humor is, there's a good balance of kid humor and then adult wink, wink, nudge, nudge to keep you interested. Yeah. The actual things are pretty good on ice. I like the editing and direction of it, okay. which is keeping me a lot more interested than it probably should. <laughs> That's good. Uh, but it's, got that good sports feeling that I like in the show that's going to make me keep interested in it. Cool. Uh, this is a weekly show, so we won't be talking about the end for a couple of months. Yeah. But I'm... That's a watch. If you're a fan of the uh, Mighty Ducks nostalgia and right. heavy on the nostalgia, you may have, or, you know, nostalgia with kids of your own by this point possibly um you may have a fun time watching uh mighty ducks game changers all righty cool 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 with that let's pivot on over into cancellations and renewals why don't we all right so you didn't watch anything new then no i didn't watch anything all right so what am i no longer watching first up apple tv plus thinks you're still watching trying as they're bringing it back for a third season bum bum Hey, do you like the FBI? Well, CBS is banking on it because they've renewed all three of their FBI shows. Well, I say, well, they renewed two of the existing ones and they're introducing a new one. Uh, first up, FBI, just called FBI, is getting a third season. FBI colon Most Wanted is getting a second season. And welcome to a CBS FBI International, which will be the third series to join it. Meanwhile, if uh, you're... This is also, by the way, joining the scripted show Clarice, which is also about the FBI. That's a lot of FBI. And uh, don't forget about um, The Equalizer, which is post-FBI. <laughs> Somebody who, CIA. Yeah, an FBI alternative, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, CBS loves their FBI. Stars is less hot on the American Gods after and they as they've canceled that show after a third season. So so much for that. Officially canceled, um, but there you could see a limited series slash movie to wrap up any storylines. It's being kicked around. Okay, so we'll see. ABC will not let the dancing stop because Dancing with the Stars is getting a thirtieth season. Yep, you got to get that mirror ball trophy. Yeah, yeah. Just like Taylor's, Taylor warned us about mm-hmm. that mirror ball. ABC, or yeah, I said that one. CBS is also making the inexplicable choice of renewing Young Sheldon for not one, not even two, but three more seasons ahead. So that will renew it for a fifth, sixth, and seventh complete season on CBS. You know why they're doing this? Are people watching it? It's one of the few shows that kids are actually watching on CBS that their parents will watch with them. Wow. Uh, so much so that young Sheldon double plays on Nick at Night, or what was Nick at Night? Nickelodeon After Dark now. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also why you had young Sheldon pop up during the Nickelodeon NFL uh, show. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. And Viacom, in case that wasn't made <laughs> specifically uh, noted. That's two. All right. And then lastly, we have one death. Unfortunately, it was a real rough one. Jessica Walter, age 80, actress known for probably most notably Arrested Development, but her acting history goes far beyond that. Uh, and also Archer, where she pretty much was cast to play the same character again. And you know what? It was still funny. So it worked. Um, but yes, uh, one and any back in 1975. But yeah, I saw a lot of people on Twitter putting up their favorite uh, bits from Arrest- her, her character on Arrested Development. Just classic lines, classic delivery, just very one of the all time like sitcom characters, I think. Um, Definitely a scene stealer and a mm-hmm. show commander. Yeah. Every time she spoke, it was, you're paying attention because it's going to be a funny line. It's how we'll always, uh, how we'll always know uh, how much a banana costs. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess how much it doesn't cost. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so yes, yeah, she will be missed, but we'll have our good memories. All right, let's move on by flipping this over to you and let's talk about some music. Oh, ooh, cruising right along here as uh, we start with music with the Billboard and we start the Billboard with the Hot 100. And the hottest song in the land. Congratulations, Justin Bieber with Peaches. Uh, That's off his new album, Justice, uh, Justin Bieber featuring Daniel Caesar and Gibeon. Yep, Gibeon. Uh, that leaves number two, Up, Up, Up by Cardi B. <laughs> Only At one three, night. Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic. At four, Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. And at five, Save Your Tears by The Weeknd. I only got your top five. I will save my tears at The Weeknd. As for your Billboard 200, your albums chart, congratulations once again. And thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying thank you to Justin Bieber for Justice as your number one album. Knocking off Morgan yes. Wallen. Finally. Finally dethroning Morgan Wallen after he spent way too many weeks at yeah, number well, one. You'll be happy to note that he didn't fall just one slot. He fell two slots. Because coming in at number two is Kemp Trails Over the Country Club by Lana Del Rey. Yep. Both albums, which we talked about last week. Uh, so if you want to hear our thoughts, tune into last week's episode. Yep, we did it. Yep. Uh, coming in at number three is Dangerous, colon, the double album by Morgan Wallen. At four, you got Shoot for the Stars. Aim for the Moon by Pop Smoke. <laughs> and rounding out your top five, Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Yeah. Telling you it's a banger. Still enjoying that Grammy bump, but also probably enjoying the uh, warmer weather we're actually getting as we approach spring. People are getting dancey again. I love to see it. Oh, uh, we'll talk about a dance album later. We will. Uh, but if you don't like any of these albums, we have new releases. 
right. And uh, first up in new releases, Dancing with the Devil, dot, 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 The Art of Starting Over by Demi Lovato. This, of course, will coincide with the finishing of her YouTube documentary special. Uh, part 30 was released today. Part 4 will be released, I guess, when this album gets released. So we'll talk about that documentary and probably this album next week. Yep. Uh, but there's other new releases, including Head of Roses by Flock of Dimes. Not Flock of Seals. <laughs> uh, we also have G underscore D's. P at State's End by Godspeed You, Black Emperor. Yep. Okay, yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> uh, we also have Course in Fable by Riley Walker. And rounding out new releases, Tethers by The Nat Vital. One more time. The Nat there you go. That is a V instead of a U. Like I think it's churches. like churches where you're supposed to just say it like a U. Yes, like churches. So the like natural, churches. except isn't there a band called the natural? I don't know. Maybe. No, the national. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, no. Aaron Dessner is not in this band. Uh, <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, let's get into some music news then, shall we? We shall. Ooh. No, just just the bits. We're just the bits, bits this week. There's too much to cover. Too much to cover. So let's start. I mean, yeah, all these are kind of the same. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're all up there, and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. you kind of yeah. have to talk about them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you've got the vaccine and you can't wait to go to a concert with a bunch of random state strangers and yell and breathe on them and kiss them and do drugs and whatever the hell it is you do at not Coachella. Okay. You can go to Tennessee because Bonnaroo is still happening. Uh, the lineup was announced and it includes headliners Lizzo, Megan the Stallion, Tyler the Creator, <laughs> and Foo Fighters, among others. Yeah. Uh, I saw this lineup and I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good lineup. It's Might decent. It's decent. I mean, these are also all people who are willing to do concerts at this point. Exactly. I wonder who they tried to get who didn't say yes. Makes you think. Uh, the concert will be in September, though, so there is some time for you to still yeah. go get vac- vaccinated. But there's some time. There's still some time. Uh, the alt-rock slash shoegaze legend, My Bloody Valentine, Yes, that My Bloody Valentine. Yep. They signed to Domino. Uh, and their entire catalog will be added to streaming. And they'll be working on new music. So this is kind of a big deal uh, if you're a fan of the band because notoriously, they rarely release music anymore. Their last album was released back in 2013 and was available only as a digital download for their website. It was never available on streaming websites. So this will be a change in kind of the uh, their, their approach, I guess. Uh, and 
there'll be new music sometime down the line. Um, so yeah, exciting for people. Well, that comes fans. with the new label Domino, I would mm -hmm. assume that if they're going to sign, they're going to want new music. Yeah. So uh, also it goes hand in hand with uh, live concerts happening again in the future, because from what I can understand, a My Bloody, My Bloody Valentine show is just an all-out loudest thing you've ever heard assault on your ears. Um, I have not uh, uh, experienced this. I almost did. I was actually at a festival the day they were headlining, and I left before they went up because I was kind of having a little bit of a panic about, like, I don't have ear earplugs. I don't want to ruin my hearing. And also, I wanted to get a good parking spot. Or I wanted to make sure my car was safe in Los Angeles, so I bailed. Uh, but I could have <laughs> stayed and watched my bloody Valentine, but I did not. And I kind of regret it. Um, so yeah, it'll be cool to see them have more opportunities to play their music because they are a storied, leg legendary band. So we'll see. Yeah, they were, I guess, I'm going to date myself, my high school band, or one of them. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, been a while. That's in like, uh, as Obi-Wan says, that's the name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyways, other music news includes Britney Spears. As she says, she was embarrassed by the parts of the framing Britney Spears doc, which she watched. So I phrased it the way I did on purpose. She said she has not watched the entire documentary. So it's only the parts that she watched. She said she felt embarrassed by. She put it a big, big note on Instagram, basically talking about this. And it's not that she necessarily like disagrees with it. She's not. She doesn't mention the content of the documentary at all. She just goes into depth about how she's often very embarrassed when she sees depictions of herself or footage of herself shown back at her. And so that was the part that. And so she apparently was crying about it for a week or two weeks or something like that. Unquote. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't really blame her. It's not exactly a flattering look, but it's fact. It's what happened. And maybe she doesn't want to think about it as much. So yeah, it's tough to be a celebrity in that situation, I'm sure. And I don't blame Brittany for having a visceral reaction to seeing something about her own life. Yeah, uh, I did see something about her conservatorship. Yeah. She wanted was, someone else signed to it? So it was filed. It was something that was filed with the courts. Uh, I didn't put it in the story because, or in the bits yet because it's not it official. Just, it, like, we're going to, it's going to have to go through another step. Right. Before we find out what's going to happen. So we will see. So bank that in the memory banks for now. All right. Um, in TV news, Ariana Grande, yes, that Ariana Grande will be joining. The voice as a judge next season. Um, I think she'll be replacing Gwen Stefani, maybe. No, she's replacing Nick Jonas. That was my second guess. Nick Jonas will be leaving the program. Uh, that they always have that one get uh, one judge that keeps rotating in and out. So. Yeah, they have the, the rotating rotating chair. Oh wait, yes. they all have rotating chairs. Ha, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Ha, the voice. We love to laugh about it. <laughs> the anyway. voice. Anyways, uh, Demi Lovato, who we, is going to have an album released next week and currently in the middle of her documentary, has decided to come out as pansexual officially. 
Yeah, this uh, came out of the interview she did on the Joe Rogan podcast because I guess people are still doing his show. And you know, he lied about Spotify. Oh, and a bunch of other shit too. But let's not talk about it. Anyway, yeah, we don't need to give that man a, a, a another platform. Uh, but yeah, Jenny uh, was basically talking about her sexuality, and it just sort of came out that way. And so she's like, "Yeah, this is." She described herself as very fluid. So, yes. Also, um, in the documentary, she goes into some stuff we're not at liberty to say here on the <laughs> podcast. But yeah, if you want more an insight into her life and kind of like an unfiltered version of that yep. documentary is that's what that's there for a bit insightful, <laughs> but also so far hasn't changed my mind about her. Okay. So I'll talk more about it when it actually ends. Yeah. We'll tie that loose end a little later. Yep. Speaking of loose ends and things we'll get to later, Lil Nas X <laughs> <laughs> has decided to release. I want to throw the, yeah, the quotes are on the wrong thing. Okay. It's controversial <laughs> Montero video. Well, the quotes are around it because that's the name of the song. But yes, yes. I see what you're talking about. I also had misgivings about the word controversial here, but it's a fact. It has been controversial. Whether it should be or not is the conversation. Yes, he used imagery of of hell and pole dancing and Satan. Sure, <laughs> some people are offended by that. I mean, what do you expect when this generation grew up watching South Park and <laughs> Satan in literal bed with Saddam Hussein? <laughs> So yeah, it's not the video that's really the story here that I thought was the interesting thing here, even though, yes, your conservative pundits are all over about being at the death of society and all that shit. Basically, they moved from the the perform the Cardi B performance at the Grammys to this. This was just the next thing. Uh, but the funny part about this story is this other thing. You mean Nike shoes? <laughs> yeah. Because Nike has filed lawsuit over the sneakers he sponsored as a tie-in, which are Air Max 97s <laughs> with human blood inside. Yeah, so I guess like, I think it's five drops somewhere. Something like that. He teamed up with some sort of uh, company, I guess, and um, tweeted about that you can buy these Nikes that have blood in them and they were going to be a tie-in for the video. Well, Nike wasn't super happy, I guess, about their brand being used and signature shoes being used in such a way. So yeah, uh, we'll see what happens with this, but <laughs> Nike mad. Doesn't Nike still like make its shoes in the Philippines or something? I mean, yes, there's a lot you could say about Nike as a corporation. A lot of the practices aren't super above board. So, I mean, yeah, we could say the same thing about Amazon and Walmart yes, and all those companies. Exactly. You know, you know what, you know what's up. Uh, but, but still, very strange. Uh, this whole thing. It's just very funny to me that there's just blood in these shoes. See, I, I read that as a joke. No, it's real. when I first saw that. It's like they're oh, real. I guess not. They're real. Because oh, I thought, because I think I saw it in a tweet, and it's like, haha, like their shoes, but there's some blood in them. Yeah, I believe today. No, I guess that was like an actual thing. Yeah, in fact, today I believe he was on Twitter saying that the last ones were 
going to be auctioned off to somebody. So they're already gone. So if you wanted this, too late. Anyhow. Oh, well. Better luck next shoes, I guess. <laughs> and rounding out the music bits, secretly. Band? Secretly? No. So remember this last week, the story about the secretly union? Or no, yes. that was two weeks ago. Yeah, that was two weeks ago, the secretly union. This is a follow-up to that story. So the secretly group, the actual corporation that owns the, the label of these labels in the group, they acknowledged the union, which means that the union will be able to exist. So that's the news. So that's how unions work. Yes, it was for, so yeah, that's how So this news work. was trumped was, by the uh, Amazon union. Right, it was. So basically, I'm not the expert here, but what happened here and what typically happens is the employees will basically meet with each other and will be like, express interest in making a union. They'll basically create the union. But unfortunately, if the corporation decides not to acknowledge it, the union's powerless. The union only exists as a in real institution if the corporation says, yes, we see you guys, we will, we agree to work with you. So that way in the future, all decisions related to the employees under the union will have to go through the union first. It but sounds like that, statehood. Yeah, it's similar. If that doesn't happen, though, the union is just, you know, it's just a statement that and they just will continue to try getting acknowledged. So the fact that the company was so quick to acknowledge it is good news, because that means the union's actually going to have power. Right. It's like D.C. not having a voice in Congress, Puerto Rico not having a voice. <laughs> Cuba, I think, is also one of ours. Yeah, Guam, yeah, 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 yeah. Haiti. A lot of those who yeah. we tax and then have no say in it hmm. but yeah but yeah they have to be acknowledged by the company and here they are being acknowledged and yeah that's always a good step is being acknowledged yeah that's what you want to see for for unions so yeah it's good news yep. all right that's it for music bits unless you have anything else you want to add yeah, no i think that will do it all right do you listen to anything no nothing of note all right, we'll cover your ears because I listened to something. <laughs> your ears are already covered with these headphones. Mm -hmm. So um, this wasn't necessarily covered last week in the new no. releases. I didn't know this was coming out. I didn't either until I just was searching through new releases and saw, hey, I recognize that name. Let me put it on. So I had yeah, quite a drive listening to Head Up High by Fitz and the Tantrums. Yes, that Fitz and the Tantrums. I believe you talked about their last record on this very podcast as well. Uh, yeah, the one with hand clap on it. <laughs> which was, if I remember correctly, very dancey. Like, that uh -huh. album's very dancey. Well, if you like that last album, uh -huh. you like Fitz and the Tantrums, I have some good news for you. They know what they're doing. This oh, sure. thing is a dance album a lot of high energy thrown throughout this album i was moving i was finger tapping i was into it this is a good dance album for fits in the tantrums if you're looking for anything else i'm sorry it's yeah. <laughs> not, they know what their bread and butter is they know what their alley is this is a good one of those fits in the tantrum albums 
front to back, wholeheartedly. If you like their stuff, you like their music, you like that dance vibe that they give. There's a couple bangers on here as well. Um, I can easily see two, maybe three songs get some good airplay, radio play. I can also see this in five to seven years being a lot like other fits in the tantrum songs where you'll see it in a lot of commercials. <laughs> yeah, I was actually just thinking about hand clap because I guess now it's a, well, we didn't, of course, have fans in sports stadiums last year, but when we do again, it seems like it's already earned stadium status where they'll play it and then everybody will do the clap thing that's a, that's a, that's following that's the I can make your hands clap thing. So no, they've already raised to that upper echelon of jock jam <laughs> they're probably not done yeah i mean when you're yeah like you said when you when you can play uh, just that bit i can make your hand clap and everyone yeah. goes you you've reached a good level you've reached <laughs> that that notoriety level and yeah. this is another one of those good albums where you'll probably be hearing a lot of these uh songs and snippets of them on some future commercials. So get to them now <laughs> before <laughs> they get discovered. Snap them up. But yeah, this is a good album um, if you like Fits in the Tatrums. I say that because I had my wife also listen to it. And not, not so much. Not so much. Yeah. But something like can I'm get a, very annoying. I'm the same kind of level with them. Like I acknowledge that there's a pop craft to what they do, mm-hmm. but it's not something I want to actually seek out to listen to. But if it comes on the radio, I'm just like, yeah, this is a fun little bop, but it means nothing to me kind of thing. So, right. And that's why I, I'll put the mileage may vary warning on this. Yeah. But that's also kind of why I opened up with, if you like Fits in the Tantrums, yeah. you're going to like this There's album. There's more of it. <laughs> yep. We just need, that's what we need, I think, to add to the, the media boat scale. We just need one to be the ability to say like if we didn't particularly love something or particularly hate something but it's something that has existed that a lot of people like we just press the there's more of it button (laughs) (laughs) it's like hey you liked that thing before well guess what there's more of it (laughs) do a lot of that with music there's always more music coming out from people who like that music but also television right I mean FBI FBI. there's more of it (laughs) But wait, there's more. <laughs> Speaking of, but wait, there's more. We're not done with the podcast yet. No. No, as we wrap it all up in what's going to end up being a, a brisk two hours here. Maybe I'll have <laughs> a brisk two. You mean? It feels like it. Video oh. game section. And, ooh, if you're a PlayStation owner, is this week for you? Yeah, and pretty much no one else. <laughs> yep as we have Outriders coming for the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and the PC. Basically, everything but the Switch. Yeah, you talked about this game last week. It's officially out tomorrow. Yes. Uh, Again, on Game Pass for people who have Game Pass on Xbox. Yes, available on Game Pass. um, Otherwise, $60 base game for everyone else. I think this does include the uh, automatic upgrade from PS4 to PS5. Yeah, I believe it. 1 to X as well. I liked it. It's a good looter shooter game. <laughs> it's a good one of those. Destiny style with some uh, 
like Borderlands kind of mysterious new planet vibe going on. So yeah, I'll check I, it out. Yeah, definitely check it out. You might enjoy it. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll probably get it on the PC. I think it's on PC Game Pass as well. So yeah, okay. I'll probably check out the PC version sometime. All right. Uh, we also have Odd World colon Soul Storm for the PS4, PS5, and PC. If you are a PlayStation Plus uh, member, and you have a PS5 for free for the PS5 only, yeah, specifically PS5. If you have PS4, you can still click click that box. You just won't be able to download it on your PlayStation 4. But when you get a PlayStation 5, you'll have it in your library. So still check the box. Oh, I always do that. I so do. when I eventually get that PS5, I'm gonna have like it's 20 games out. just ready to play. Yeah, just no no new games. Don't worry. Say say that money for later. I just bought the console for the free games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and rounding up your uh, new releases, Star Wars colon Republic Commando for the PS4 and the Switch. If that this is name's, an update. Yes. Game. If that name sounds familiar, this is a remaster of a Xbox PS2 era game, uh, which I actually played back in the day and uh, had a good time with it. I remember this game being pretty good on PS2. Mm-hmm. I think that's the last uh, Star Wars game to be remade, too, following the uh, success of the Battlefront games. I believe And the right. uh, Rogue Squadron. There was a, some other flying one. So there was the Rogue Squadron-esque game, um, Squadrons, Star Wars Squadrons, Squadrons that yes. came out last year. Um, that is also, if you have Game Pass on Game Pass now, thanks to the EA Play roll-up. So, yeah. So, um, if you can't find yourself a PS5, get yourself an Xbox Series X and Game Pass. Uh, you probably also can't find yourself an Xbox Series X. Hey, you could maybe find a Series S. From what I can tell, those are a little bit more common to find. I was close to thinking about it, but then I realized, no, it's a waste of time for me. And you know why? Because you have a PC. No, the other reason why it's a waste of time for me. Because uh, you're still looking for the PlayStation. No, because the Series S does not have a disk drive. Oh, right. And the game of all games, Rock Band 4, I own the disk yes. version. Yep. <laughs> so it'd be a waste of time for me. As much as I would love faster loading for my Rock Band library, wouldn't be worth it because I cannot put the disk inside. I would have to buy a digital copy of Rock Band 4 Rivals in order for that to work. Yep. It also echoes our... Physical media is forever. Mantra. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Anyways, uh, there's some video game news. There is. And the first one is not so much news as it is the release of a full game. I mean, it's not really that either. It's uh, more like a company on an apology tour. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so um, for those of you who don't know or completely missed or kind of forgot already, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077 already came out. Yeah, if you fell asleep during 2020, you may have missed this, but yes. And it was buggy. So mm-hmm. CD Projekt Red has officially come out in their first public guidance uh, guidance apology primarily in its shareholders but it's mm-hmm. kind of aimed with the players as they argued that they have a number of plans 
to grow and evolve last year's mistakes. I think you should say evolve past last year's mistakes. If they evolved last year's mistakes, they would only get worse. I mean, depending on your gameplay style, it may get worse. Yeah. But the first step in uh, this evolving plan is the acquisition of Digital Scapes. Digital Scapes. Which is a Vancouver-based studio that largely did support work on games like Dying Light, Dead Rising, and of course, Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> CD Projekt Red argues that having Digital Spaces, the digital company, scapes. Digital Scapes, <laughs> acting as digital a satellite. Spaces. Yes. Acting as a satellite support studio should allow them to execute on parallel development plans and develop multiple games at once. Moreover, it seems like the European publisher has learned a harsh lesson from surprising customers with the PS4 and Xbox One versions of Cyberpunk 2077, as they now plan to show off every version of (laughs) what they're releasing. To be clear, there was nothing preventing them from showing off the PS4 and Xbox One version (laughs) of the game before. So it's unclear exactly what this internal change actually means in real world terms, Mm -hmm. but at least it's a quote to hold them to later. As much as you can hold a company to later as you can. Yeah, pretty much. CD Projekt Red also highlighted their upcoming Cyberpunk and Witcher 3 plans, promising that the later, later, uh, (laughs) Witcher 3, will get a next-gen patch later this year for PS5 and Xbox Series X improvements. Cyberpunk's multiplayer mode, which was announced in 2019, is currently still planned, but... CD Projekt Red seems increasingly iffy on whether it will see release. They are, however, planning more seemingly free DLC and fixes for the game in the near future. They also go on to do a massive, massive, massive patch update that scrolls like the beginning of Star Wars. So I guess the bottom line here is that one, if you were one of the suckers who picked up Cyberpunk 2077, it looks like future updates will likely be free. That's great news, right? If they wanted you to pay for DLC for this game, they're out of their minds. Uh, The other half of this is that in the future, future projects will one, have an extra team helping them out, which I don't really think that that's the problem of CD Projekt Red, but okay, sure. And then also that they're going to be hopefully more transparent as they go forward, showing all possible iterations of the game. That's maybe good, but again, like you said, that depends on how much water you hold a company who has pretty much straight up lied to their player base in the past year, multiple times. So yeah, jury's out on that one. And then lastly, if you're one of the people who rightfully like The Witcher 3, as it is a very well-liked and well-reviewed game, That's good news, too, that you'll be able to have a nice upgrade for next-gen consoles if you so, if you have one. So there you go. It's not terrible, 
it's an apology tour. Like I said, it's like they're trying to check the boxes and do the best that they can to make people have faith in their company again. But it's all reliant on whether or not the stuff that they do with Cyberpunk actually matters and people care. Because if they don't, the goodwill's still gone. Yep. Um, I mean, the only way you get that goodwill back is if you make a patch for The Witcher 3 <laughs> that turns um, Geralt into Henry Cavill. <laughs> Just Henry Cavill skin. <laughs> it's got to be number one on the patch notes. If it's not, it should be up there for the mods. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> okay. uh, lastly, in video game news, yep. game stocks is not the story we're talking about. No. Oh, or rather, the company itself, GameStop, yeah. has about a year into his tenure at the company, former Nintendo CEO Reggie fils yes, that Reggie fils yeah. is stepping down from his position at GameStop's board of directors? Yeah, surprised. So soon? <laughs> well, the ex-Nintendo of America president is expected to leave the game slash Funko Pop retailers <laughs> ranks in June, according to a recent SEC filing. Bizame isn't the only person leaving the board of directors, as ex Walmart CEO William Simon and PetSmart CEO James K. Semantic <laughs> Semantics <laughs> Semantic. That's sure. it. Semantic. Sure are also listed as part of the recent turnover within the company. If you remember, fils joined GameStop's board of directors back in March of 2020, about a year after he left Nintendo, where he had been working as president and COO of the company's America branch, which he handed over to the villainous Mr. Bowser. Yeah, Mr. Bowser. Um what a hell of a time to choose to join GameStop for directors, March 2020. I bet he had a roller coaster of the year in that boat. Um, so a couple things to note about here. If you're not familiar with how boards of directors work, it's not really a job. It's more of a title. You're basically brought in for whenever the board needs to be consulted on big decisions that the companies are making. So it's not like Reggie fils was going in an office and actually working for GameStop. It was less that. It was more of a consultant position, more of, hey, I know what I'm talking about. I ran a video game studio. Hey, let me know in these meetings. And that's why you see a lot of board of directors populated by rich CEOs of other companies. It's because... They want to get an idea of where all the quadrants of their industry feel about any issue. So turnover like this, one is to be expected after the year the GameStop had. Uh, I'm sure that he probably came on thinking that there was something he could do to influence a upturn or a turnaround for the company. But after the year they had, not just the pandemic, but then also the stock trading disaster, and just the overall just like bleak future of video games retailer and, and like he and these others probably just saw the writing on the wall and are probably like, you know what? My time is probably better spent thinking about something else. I mean, it's better than waking up every day and wondering, hmm, where's the stock price of my shares going to land today? Right. Exactly. Because, yeah, that's the other thing is that when you're on the board of directors, you also have an actual share in the company, usually. And right, so, unlike all you other 
apes out there who have <laughs> shares in a company. Yeah, so so there's there's skin in the game, I guess, for Reggie, and it makes sense why he maybe wouldn't want to take a risk on it at this point in the company's history. So good for him, I guess. We'll see what he moves on to do next. You know, I wonder if this is also because should GameStop be called into Congress, they're going to probably call in their board of directors to say what the hell's going on with your company and you don't want to be in that room. You're probably not wrong with that too. There's probably a shade of let's bail before we're called, you know, for sure. Mm -hmm. Litigation. Which I wonder if that's why it's it's set for June is that you have to give them three months notice. Mm -hmm. And that's why. But yeah. Um, So Mm -hmm. I hear GameStop now has a hiring position for their board of directors, if anyone is interested. <laughs> and hey, Reggie's on the streets again. Snap him up if you want him. I'm looking at you, Zenga. No, don't go to Zenga. Anyway. Uh, Tencent Gaming. Oh, no, 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 no. He doesn't. He doesn't need to be absorbed by the giant that is Tencent. You mean Alibaba or whatever? Yeah, Tencent. Yeah, All right. I think that'll do it. Because I didn't play any video games. Uh, I have been playing and I have been streaming one game and one game only. Um, okay. As I mentioned last week, I started streaming Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yes. Uh, I think that schedule is going to work for me that I've created for myself, which is Monday, Tuesday, Thursday for streaming. Two hours. Um, feel free to jump in when you want. Um, <laughs> of course, you know how I play a game, but for those of you who don't know how I play a game and <laughs> want to see me bang my head against every yeah. single wall and door to try and solve every single puzzle and get every single box. <laughs> how is uh, how's it running on your base PS4? I like it. It runs kind of runs pretty okay. smooth, actually. That's good. Um, I, haven't, I think I've only encountered one scene where there was a couple frame drops. But it was real brief. And other than that, it runs smooth. I really like the gameplay. It plays very much like the last Final Fantasy game that I played, which was mm-hmm. 15, um, where you can switch characters. It has the free-flowing action with it. Because that is one of the things I really don't like about Final Fantasy is the turn-by-turn base action. Right. Yeah, I know that's what they're known for. But you like the real time. But I like the real time. Yeah. Um, and I definitely like the characters. Uh, they definitely put a lot of work into this game, which is also yes. why I'm running around trying to do everything because a lot of people put a lot of work into this thing and it pays off and it shows. And that's how you kind of reward them is by doing everything the game wants you to do. Yeah. And so I'm having a lot of fun playing with it. Um, you can guys can check me out. I stream uh, 7 to 9 Eastern, uh, 4 to 6 Pacific on monday tuesdays and thursdays because we podcast wednesdays and i'm usually doing something on fridays and the weekend so basically basically when i'm doing my ring fit workout <laughs> yeah so i do my ring fit workout after it <laughs> oh, yeah, see, i do, you get up, do it very when i get off work yeah. um, <laughs> anyway um yeah ring fit adventure in stores now <laughs> I mean, I, I am doing Wing Fit Adventure. Like I said, I think last week I'm on, uh, actually, yeah, level 157. Woo! I believe I just uh, got to level 28, okay. um, and I just finished World 4. Yeah, I'm on, like, 13, I think. 
Okay. Because, yeah, I, I just learned the ability to row in a boat. So that's the next thing I'm probably going to have to do. Oh, you mean the stand-up paddleboard? Yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Do that? Yeah. Next. That might be the wrong thing you're talking about. Oh, one of the two. I don't know. I'm probably not going to do it today because I feel, ooh, but yeah, I'll get back on the get back on the wagon soon. Yeah, I'm not streaming Refit Adventure, though. Um, <laughs> no, that would be a very hard game to stream. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I think once I finish Final Fantasy Remake, I am kind of have my eyes set on doing a playthrough of Horizon Zero Dawn because that should be free about that same time. Yeah. That's uh, also assuming I don't get a PS5 within that time. Right. Uh, but I'm having a lot of fun with Final Fantasy VII. I can see why people put it high on their list. It people probably would have made my list last year had I played it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it didn't, uh, unfortunately. Not going to put it on my list this year for any game of the year, but the story's also not complete, though. Um, as we noted when the game came out last year, and actually when they announced the game, that it will be split up into three different chapters. Right. Who knows with the power of the PS5 that they may just make it two chapters now. Who knows? Or just split it up into part one, part two. But uh, yeah, the main reason I waited is because I wanted to play it all in one sitting and not half now, wait three years for it to come back to play it again. But I'm having a lot of fun time with it. Um, come join me on stream. And where can they find me on stream at? Media Boat Podcast. Just search that at twitch.com and you'll find us. Twitch.tv, sorry. Twitch.com, I don't know where that's going to take you. But twitch.tv slash mediavote is where you can find us streaming, I believe. And uh, yeah, join us when he plays more Final Fantasy VII Remake. As for the rest of the plugs, let's go through the list. Why don't we? First up, if you want to see this podcast, well, first of all, thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast. We'll be back next week. For another one, we'll talk about Outriders. We'll talk about more Kong versus Godzilla. I did it again. Godzilla versus Kong. We'll talk about... Like I said, you'd be remiss because he is <laughs> the, the lead in that thing. <laughs> we'll talk about all sorts of stuff. You can catch us in video form on YouTube. If you go to YouTube.com, search Media Boat Podcast, and you'll find our channel. Like, subscribe, hit that bell for notifications when a new show is up. You can also listen to us in audio form if you're more of a traditionalist podcast listener. Just search Media Boat Podcasts and all sorts of podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more. You can also find us on social media on Twitter. Our handle is at Media Boat Cast. And on Facebook, we have a page in there. If you dig deep enough, search Media Boat Podcast and find us. You can comment on there as well. And if you have any questions, comments, any requests, you can email us directly at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. Anything else that I did not mention? Uh, Twitch handle is just mediaboat. Oh, sorry. At mediaboat. Yep. Twitch.tv uh, slash mediaboat. That makes sense. Um, I think that's it. Uh, I think we're good. Uh, we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about next week, apparently, yes. I guess. Uh, any new releases? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Maybe. So, yeah, join Dag us awards. next week. Join us next week. 
join us next week for all that and more. In the meantime, uh, happy opening day tomorrow. Go Angels. Yes, uh, go baseball. Enjoy opening day for MLB and enjoy question mark Bally Sports Network. <laughs> we'll definitely have our thoughts on that. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> all right. See you guys next time. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.